Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the third season for our podcast, Why is the World? I'm your host, Miles, and with me is my co-host, Sevi. Hello, everyone. I'm Sevi. Hello. And this po- <laughs> this podcast aims to introduce you to different cultures, debates, uh, and really ideas from all over the world. So what are we talking about today, Miles? We're going to be talking about the state, the United States of America's state of Oregon. State of Oregon. And specifically trying to, I think a key word, trying to answer the question, why is Oregon so liberal? That definitely is a stereotype, and we will explore. Yes, so uh, when I told you this question, or asked you to prepare for the question, what did you... uh, what did you instantly think of? And can you tell me if you've been to Oregon? I instantly thought of weed. <laughs> um, yeah, I instantly thought of how drugs are easier to get a hold of in Oregon and how that might be associated with liberalism or uh, being more far to the left in the United States, farther to the left in the United States. And yep. Like and like that's kind of like the stereotype you have, and there are, there are other things as well. Um, but that was kind of like the first thing I thought of, and then I said, "Oh, that is kind of liberal." And then I was like, "It's so liberal because maybe they've gone further than other states at doing that." But then I thought to myself, "Like, are they actually liberal? Like, what does the state's population actually consist of?" But again, we can talk about that later. Okay, and have you been there? I have not been there. Uh, I would love to go there. I have a friend, a close friend who lives there now that I want to go visit very badly. What about so you? So that will happen this year? Yeah. Well, I've never been there. Uh, well, I, I know that. <laughs> I guess our audience doesn't. But what, what uh, did you have any preconceived notions about its liberalness? Um, I had heard in the 2020 election they had essentially decriminalized every drug in existence it's a little far but yes but that's about it okay what about i didn't really know that what about oregon in general like as a state like you've heard of the state what did you did you have any idea of what it looked like like where it was well I, i knew i knew what it looked like in that it's a blob above california and below washington okay but in terms of what's there what the people are like no okay no real what about knowledge? Now? now I feel like I know what's there. Okay. So you just told us where it is. Uh, it's above California and below Washington. What, what, what else is it next to? It's next to the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So the that would make the east coast, sorry, the west coast of the state along the Pacific? That's right, yes. And then on the um, east coast is Idaho, another mountainous state. It's not a coast, though. Sorry, the east uh, part uh, half or uh, east border. Border, eastern border, yeah. And then a little bit of its southern border touches Nevada. Oh, nice. I think a good way to kind of dive into like what the state, how it's split up is it's kind of a rectangle, uh, longer along the bottom than on the top, uh, but it isn't straight along the edges because a lot of the edges are rivers. So... Uh, or the ocean. And then you kind of have to, you think you can think about it in like kind of two halves or thirds where the middle is separated by the Cascade Mountains. 
and those go up through Washington and down through California as well. And it actually is two rivers that flow through the Cascade Mountains. They literally like cut through the mountain chain into the ocean. Um, and the main one is the Columbia, which makes up the northern border against Washington. So a, an easy way to describe it is a third of the way inland, you have the high Cascade Mountains mm-hmm. and they run north to south. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying the rest of that third is a high plateau. Mm-hmm. Apart from sort of up in the north, it does have a little bit of more of a depression. But certainly down the south, south they have the, it's more of a plateau. Yeah. And, um, and that's where the rivers will start and then they will drain towards the Willamette Valley. Willamette? Which is, yeah, the Willamette Valley. Let, let, let's, I It is Willamette. It was, Are you yeah. sure? Okay, you've heard it? I have heard of it. Okay, yeah. sorry. I realized, wow, I didn't realize that very common thing I kept reading. I did not know how to pronounce. And those, so from the plateau, there are two rivers that flow from east to west into the Willamette Valley, which is next to these, the high cascades. And then you have a little more of like a, a coastal range of, of like smaller mountains uh, next to the coast. And the Willamette Valley um, is this sort of like fertile land where most of the population lives. And it runs north to south in the northern part, northwestern part of the state. And again, like Miles said, it actually used to be a floodplain. So it used to be a big lake uh, thousands of years ago. And uh, it, it was kind of trapped between both mountains. And then now it exits via the Columbia. And it's more of a just a fertile plain, as you're saying. And it's where Portland is, the capital, Salem, Sorry, Salem, the capital, Portland, the largest city, um, and a bunch of other smaller like suburbs and cities around there. Yes. Um, and then what's the river that separates Washington State from Oregon? Oregon? Uh, the Columbia. The Columbia River at the top. That and that is one of the largest rivers in the United States. It's a major Largest river. by length? Flow. Um, it's no okay. Mississippi, but it's definitely in the West Coast. It's one of the largest. Because so I was going to say, you've got the Colorado's really big and Mississippi's really big. And I was like, there's a big gap between that and. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It, Colorado's hard because like it doesn't ever reach the ocean. So how big is it really? Whereas Columbia, like a decent, like a lot of water gets to the ocean. But that's a different okay. story. Yeah. And on the other side of Portland is Vancouver. But not the Vancouver of uh, of Canada, and I thought it was quite funny because in my head my brain does a little thing where it goes, it's kind of like a jigsaw, and you've got like the same bit on the two sides because you've got a Vancouver at the southernmost part of the. Yeah, so anyway, so it's yeah. funny because Seattle's the biggest city in Washington, and just north of it in Canada is Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia, and then Portland's the largest city in Oregon, also in the northwest corner, and just above it is Vancouver across the border, but this time into Washington. So yeah, it's yeah. totally like a mirror in geography. I, I, I was secretly hoping that you'd be like, no, it isn't. So the same thing happened to me. I was reading and it was like the Portland, the greater Portland area included Vancouver. And I'm like, wow, that's a really big stretch of area all the way up to Canada that people live. But it turns out, no, it's just, it's Vancouver, Washington. (laughs) So you'd never heard of it either before this? 
I had not good, heard of it. Good. Good. <laughs> so, uh, how big is Oregon? Oregon's um, 255 kilometers squared, and that is uh, slightly bigger than the UK, is a good little um, analogy for it. And that probably gives you a good idea of how big it is. Uh, it actually doesn't, to me, because the UK is very north to south with lots of islands and okay. a very irregular shape. So it's kind of hard for me to imagine like, the UK as bending a the UK into... Yeah, yeah, in many ways, in like trying to consider it as an area. Um, so like, I, I probably should have looked this up, but I didn't. But how long would it take you to drive from like one side of Oregon to the other? Oh, versus driving from one side of the UK or from the top of the UK down to the yeah. bottom. Yeah. And then you've also got like the east, because it's, yeah, it's just a different. It's, it also might be different because like you have to go over the Cascades if you're driving. Yeah. You I have the know. Highlands and stuff in Scotland. Yeah. And, Okay, so um, yeah, United Kingdom is slightly smaller. It's about the same size as Guinea, um, and to give you another state, if you need one, it's a little bit bigger than Wyoming. That's a nice rectangle too. Yeah, uh, uh, no, but <laughs> Wyoming is a proper like rectangle. Or okay, I mean, we could get into the semantics so much, but get uh, Oregon like it has rivers as borders and the coast, and that's a lot more <laughs> choppy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, what about the population? Population of just under 4.3 million. Okay. And uh, I got that. That's similar to Kuwait, Croatia, and Panama. So there's nice three. Okay. Um, and that's choices. close to like Oklahoma and Kentucky. So it's actually, qu it's not a lot, large population uh, for a state. Um, and Yes, exactly. And that leads to having 25% of the population being in Portland. And if you consider the greater area, that's 50%. And then considering Salem and some of the other major cities, that's um, about 70% of the population live in urbanized areas. Yeah, and I got about, and about uh, I think that's the valley is probably 70%. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The Willamette yeah. Valley. So I got about 60% are in greater Portland area. So that's probably most of the valley, but not all of it. <laughs> greater Portland area might actually include um, Vancouver. It, it does, and we'll get to that so, later. So mine, so I don't know if mine did yeah. in that statistic. Um, so then a little bit about the weather, because mm -hmm. you're probably thinking, well, I, I know that Washington State um, and Seattle's supposed to be a bit weather. Uh, that was a thumbs down. <laughs> everyone, but yeah. I'm like looking um, at Miles like, nobody can see that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was. Okay, bad weather could mean a lot of things. What do you mean? Like rainy and windy. Yeah, like things rainy, like, like like raining a lot. Like you don't see much sun. Very yeah. gray. But but then California is known to be you know sun and just beach and it depends uh, where and hot. Well, that's the stereotype. That's yeah. the thing. Is is um, so uh, what's the it's a. It's got a cool and humid climate on the coast, mm -hmm. semi-oceanic with hot and dry summers in the Willamette Valley, short distance from the coast, which is the Willamette Valley, uh, and then in the it's quite arid up on the plains or the plateau. Yeah. Sorry, it's warm summer Mediterranean uh, in most of the state, and that's mostly the the western half of the state. Yeah, uh, and this humid coastal, cool, humid coastal uh, area is probably quite similar to. Um, Britain or northern France mm -hmm. is what they say. 
I say if you if you're used to that, you'll feel at home. So you'll feel at home, Miles. <laughs> In theory. So any anything to add to that? Uh, or yeah. do you want to tell me? A- so, uh, so we talked about the Cascades a little bit. Mount Hood is the highest mountain in Oregon along the Cascades. Uh, it's also thought to be the second most climbed mountain in the world. That's a hard thing to completely measure. What do you think would be the largest mountain that's climbed by the most people in the world? And I don't mean like a hill, like a proper mountain. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can get this. The largest mountain climbed by the most people. It's more like the mountain that's climbed by the most people. Like, forget about the largest, but obviously it's not a tiny mountain. Okay, so it's, it's going to be somewhere near a quite a big population. Okay, yeah. Um, it's probably going to be quite famous. It's going to be famous, but I also think it'll be a famous place as well. It's not going to be Mount Fuji. It is. Yeah. Okay. It, I I saw how you hedged your bets. You're like, it's not gonna be. <laughs> um. I I tried to give my thought process rather than just leaving a long silence yeah. to to try and um be more podcastable. So again, you you can't really like when you go to climb a mountain, you don't check it and say, haha, like count me in. Um. So it's hard to measure that, but they think Mount Hood is the second most, and it is a popular what well, destination. Actually, it's probably quite easy to measure people now because so many people have fitness trackers phones and devices when they go like that's, that's one true. of the things that people now like traffic you could have the best tom tom garments available but they're still never going to be as good as the data that google and apple have on real-time traffic because everybody has their phone which is recording but everybody who has movements. a phone you could have an area of the world where people might not have the same density of having a smartphone and so that does make it harder but we're talking about places where people go the most and you're more which is likely, likely to, to be an urban environment and the urban centers are usually i think people oh, that's a this good is point. actually this is this is actually something that i found quite amazing this is so part of a previous part of my career or job that I've had in the past was um, giving money to startups. Okay. Um, and one startup um, pitched their idea and that involved um, education for refugees. And our, us as judges in the UK, we were like, uh, how many refugees are going to have like a smartphone to be connected and, and do this as we sat in our ignorance? And it's actually most refugees have phones. People from Syria, that is their probably their most important possession that they have with them. That's how they, they communicate. And actually, this idea that no one has a smartphone and only, only people in America and the West have smartphone is now actually a bit out of date. And I was surprised at how many people had smartphones as statistics in, in Syria, which was this particular location and i've heard a statistic that in africa there's actually quite a bit of cell phones but the the way they get around like the price tag is a lot of them are second hand or third hand smartphones and they're either jailbroken iphones or they're just older like galaxies because those are the two most common type of phones well if, if you think about your phone and when when you trade it in it's usually when it becomes impossibly slow yeah it's, it's not really actually broken for 
for like the really key element of what a phone is about. Um, where we usually decide to trade up a phone is maybe it's running too slowly for um, all of our banking apps. And, and I know certainly you and I, Sevi, we use our devices very heavily. Yeah, we're using um, for, hundreds for, of apps every month, which is ridiculous yeah. to think about. <laughs> Whereas someone that only needs it very simply for communication and um, maybe like a few banking or like document details and things like that, you could make do with an older phone anyway we've really digressed from the point here we have but essentially it probably is easier to tell how many people have gone up a mountain than we think okay so that was a fun <laughs> fact for five seconds that we turned into five minutes but that's that's normal for us um yeah so let's go into some of the other cool geography about it it's got the deepest lake in the united states the ninth deepest in the world um it's called crater lake and it's in the southern part. It's actually the only national park in Oregon. I have a friend who has gone to many national parks, is a big backpacker, really into nature. Crater Lake is his favorite. So it's definitely a hot spot to visit. And you may ask, Crater Lake, oh, was it a big crater that caused this? You were about to ask that, weren't you? Um, I was going to say it more oh, okay. than that, go, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, T steal, steal the thunder. Uh, so it's a an extinct volcano that has a lake in the center of it and it has a, an island as well i believe yep, treasure in there as well yeah if there we go um so yeah and then it's also got hell's canyon which is the deepest river gorge in north america so a question could have been why is oregon so deep because it's got lots of deep spots so this is actually even deeper than the grand canyon this gorge uh and it's it's uh Basically, it's a river that makes up the border along Idaho, goes into the Columbia. Like, that's the kind of where the gorge is. It's funny that we use the Grand Canyon as this benchmark when it is not the longest, not the widest, not the deepest of any of the canyons. It's just it's probably just, the most well-known. And I think it's it's like, it might be like second or third, but it's second, third in all those categories. And as a result, yeah. it's grand and very impressive. Yes. Um, yeah, do you have any other aspects of the physical geography you want to cover? Um, people love it. Um, I'd just say sort of like this east, when you go past the, the Cascades, the high Cascades, um, it's very rural. It's sort of like cowboy wild west vibes, you know. Think that's, Wyoming, that's how... Idaho, like it's similar type of terrain and area. And people. Yeah. And then you have um, in the center is a bit more, uh, it sort of gets greener as you go towards the coast. So you have before foothills of the Cascades, which is what there's a, a town called Bend, mm -hmm. um, which is apparently one of the most desirable places to live because there's, you kind of have that wild west, but you also have the, the tech hub of the city and, and a growing diverse um town you, you have the mountain so adventures the and, forest exactly. everything is kind of around you and a lot of the ski resorts are on that east side of the cascades as well okay um so that's that forms bend becomes even better essentially in that for people that want oh, to do that, that makes total sense then you have other side of that is all that arable land which we spoke about and then you have the coast so and quite a bit of oregon 60 percent is forested so that kind of gives you a sense of it's actually one of the biggest industries lumber um it's the largest in of all these states in the US. All right, let's keep moving forward. Yes. So do you want to tell me how white the state is? It's it's very white, unfortunately. Um, and I say unfortunately as in 
diversity is good. Um, we, I think we both agree with that. But the what happened is uh, in the past, there were definitely lots of legislation and other things. I'm, that... a, I'm a bit offended that you said, I think that's what we both think. <laughs> I know that's what we both think. Uh, but there were definitely lots of like when the fir first people came over, they definitely uh, m moved or slash eliminated slash like removed the native population that was there. Um, and then over time, it has been pretty racist in the sense that it's kept a lot of other like basically non-whites out of the state. And that has changed recently, but it's still one of those things where it, because it happened before, like it's it's there isn't a kind of a huge influx of that of uh, different types of people uh, recently. I, the Asian population's increased pretty uh, steadily recently in recent years, but the black and uh, Hispanic is still quite low relative to basically every other state. Yeah. Do you want to so add anything? I actually, I don't. I think you've covered everything that I, I had. I think it's just important to note. Um, I wanted you to tell me some fun facts about Oregon. Okay. Um, uh, Portland, Oregon, the biggest city is said to have more bicyclists than any other city in America. So we crapped on America a lot in the cycling episode, uh, but Oregon apparently is the best. And that kind of also fits with its liberalism, maybe leaning, but we can get into that more. But yeah, I, I definitely, as someone who grew up in another cycling center around Denver, like Portland was definitely the gold standard. Uh, lots of trails all around the city. Are they trails for commuting or trails like, for... Like full-on bike paths, like specifically for bikes. like For commuting is what people use it for or people use it for pleasure? Uh, I think it's probably... It's both. I would argue it's more on the pleasure side. Okay. Because uh, going to Amsterdam, it was a bit more like it wasn't... It, it didn't seem so much as a pleasurable experience. It was just... Uh, this is this is the way we get around sort of thing. But if you want to hear more about that, go and listen to our episode on Slovenia. Did you hear that Oregon has the largest, or currently, the largest single biggest organism in the world? Is it a mushroom? Yes. It is Armillaria. Oh, wow, of course I'm putting in like a French or Spanish. Armillaria ostai. Wow, I, I'm butchering this so badly. It's a fungus. Do wanna, it's do a wanna, mushroom. Do you want to try again? Try again. I, I, I will try again. Third time lucky. Third time's this charm. Um, Armillaria solid piss. Wow. Excellent. We've got our TikTok intro. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um. So it's 2,200 acres. So 8.9 kilometers squared. Um, and it's like underneath a forest. I guess it pokes out in certain places, but it's one gigantic fungus. It does it. Okay. So, 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 so you know how mushrooms like poke above the ground, right? Like, but their root network. But not, but not all do. It's only to spore that they would. Okay, uh, that's fair. So you're right; they wouldn't always be. But, yeah. but anyway. the point is, they're all connected underground in a gigantic network, and like the mass is ridiculous. I guess the area yeah, is ridiculous. Sure. Um, Mushrooms yeah. are pretty light. What else can you give me as a fun fact? Uh, do you have anything? That, that was the big one. Um, Literally. I heard that pe people, are, people are waiting for a big earthquake all the time. I think it might be quite uh, an East Coast thing. 
Yep, that's um, a California, East Coast, Oregon, West Coast, even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's a very California, Oregon, uh, Washington type. Yeah, there's yeah. some. There's um, usually a yeah. big one every couple hundred years. Uh, so you're overdue at the moment. Yeah, we are, and that's like why ten years. And we haven't. We've had a little bit of small activity recently, but nothing gigantic. Hmm. That's also. Yeah. There's also lots of volcanoes for the same result. So Mount Hood is a volcano. Mount St. Helens is the more famous one because it blew its top off. That's actually just north in Washington, but it's part of that same... They call them the Three Sisters. It's Mount Hood, uh, Mount Rainier, and Mount uh, St. Helens. St. Helens, yeah. yeah. And St. Helens lots its top. The other two still kind of have a top. Um, but the idea is they're like these three big volcanoes and the original... Uh, what's the name of the population? Called them the Three Sisters? The Chinook? Uh, yeah, the... Chinook or Chinook, okay. um, uh, one of the yeah, um, indigenous groups of Oregon. So, shall we um, tackle a question? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to remind me what the question was? I feel like we say the question like 10 times in episodes, but yes, I will. This one's a short one. Why is Oregon so liberal? So what is the question out of that question, Miles? Well, what is liberalism? Okay, so what is liberalism? <laughs> Uh, so the definition there are there are two, okay, um, commonly used ones. I, th- I think there is four, not. Anyway, the two that I'm going to give you uh, is a willingness to respect or accept behaviour or opinions different from one's own. Okay, that's sounds... openness to new ideas. And the second one is a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. Okay. Those both sound like adequate definitions. I think the second ones could probably more convenient or we can compare it more to Oregon. Yeah, so the first one where it had... Anyway, actually, in the interests of time, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So uh, that brings us on to the next question, which is, is Oregon liberal? So the question is asking, why is it so liberal? But we don't even know if it is liberal. And if you look at a map, it's more red than blue by area. As is quite common in the US and other countries as well, where you have potentially a more left-leaning centers of cities uh, and cities in general. And then you have more... Um, right-wing, conservative, um, rural areas. And if you look at the U.S. as a whole and you, like, just colored each county red for Republican, blue for Democrat, you would be like, oh, the U.S. is totally Republican. But no, it's just those those small, like, just like most people, like 80% of people live in 20% of the area. It's actually probably even more than that. Um, The small pockets where a lot of people live, such as cities, are more blue and therefore it actually evens out and becomes a lot more even and that's why you see both democratic and republican senators and presidents and so on i think i think about halfway across of oregon from the halfway point to the eastern border i think you have about two hundred thousand people Mm -hmm. like there's no one there (laughs) yeah well what was it it was 4.3 million so 4.1 million a good way to think about it is the willamette valley and the cities are more on the uh on the side of the Cascades by the ocean, the western part, and that's more, the vote's more democratic, let's put it that way. And then where's the yeah. 
uh, what eastern half votes more Republican and they're on the high plateau you were talking about before. Yes. So, as I said, as is common um, to have this sort of voting pattern. And then, is Oregon liberal? Well, the answer to that is because there's more people that live in this liberal center. You, as we said before, what, 70% of people live in Willamette Valley? Mm-hmm. That's kind of going to skew your voting of your place, isn't it? And again, it, like if you actually look at like the most recent election, it wasn't 70%. It was closer to like 50% that voted uh, for uh, someone who was on the liberal or Democratic side. And it was closer to like 40% who were on the conservative. Yeah. So you could argue that Oregon actually is less liberal than you might think. But it's funny, if you actually compare it to other states, that is a pretty large, that's a bigger divide than most, um, that 10%. It's usually a lot closer, which is interesting. Oh, okay. So you're saying it is more liberal. Versus compare, relative to other states. But again, like we're talking yeah. about 4 million people total in the states, in the state, like that's a small state in terms of population size in general. Yeah. Same same the as same area as Wyoming or the same population as Wyoming? No, no. Wyoming is the least populated state. That's like way below. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to guess how many people are in Wyoming, but it's definitely not as many as 4 million. Um, the, it's like Oklahoma, right? It's like it's not a large state in terms of population. Okay. So we've established it is liberal. So why is it liberal? And um, maybe you can help define what having being liberal means. Yeah, I... I think there are a few policies, like why it originally became liberal, I think is the core of this question, but let's get into more of how it's liberal now. We talked a little bit already about the um, legalization of different drugs, which is more of a liberal idea. Um, I'll give a few others. There's um, uh, public health care uh, is they've uh, basically created health care that is you don't have to get a uh, insurance. They have a program with that, which is a more of a liberal thing. Oregon was the first to do that, their own health plan. Mm -hmm. That's called yeah. a welfare state. Yeah, they basically yeah. don't have to get private health insurance. Um, yeah. uh, they pioneered the use of postal voting, and they're one of only two states that exclusively does postal voting. So that's sending in your ballot um, through the mail. And there is quite a divide in America that's talked about a lot amongst conservative states are more against postal voting than... Uh, liberal ones. Um, we also want to say they did that sort of before the pandemic, which was yeah. before the 2020 election. Well, they did it before so, anybody else, periods, which is interesting. They, they kind of pioneered but, it. But it's still before the pandemic yeah. because the pandemic kind of forced a lot of other places to accept postal votes and, and move to that way, whereas Oregon was, was doing its own thing long before yeah. that. I, in, I'm just... Yeah promoting the long before um and they the first doctor assisted suicide they called it the death with dignity act um they were the first state to do this still most states don't have this in the united states what's what's the policy in europe or united kingdom it's still contentious around okay. europe i think switzerland may be the only place where that is legalized at the moment uh please don't quote me on that because yeah. um i haven't um but it's certainly in the uk it's it's still quite taboo so th those are just some examples of more liberal ideas. Another one that I think is more of a cause is 
they were one of the first states and about half the states in the United States have this now where basically you could put uh, amendments and laws on the ballot and people would actually vote directly for these. So the way it would you normally work is some citizen would be like, I want to make this change to the state here. I'm going to write it up. And then if they get enough signatories, it automatically goes on the ballot. Everybody votes on it. And although the the process is uh, done by and administrated by the government of the state, um, think about it. They have no control. It's all the people's action that makes it happen. And sometimes the courts strike it down later um, for myriad reasons. But a lot of these, uh, they either pass or don't pass by a majority of the state. And, and therefore, you can have more... Uh, not crazy ideas, but more uh, different ideas that uh, become law within uh, the state. You could probably end up with a lot more like trendy ideas coming in. Yeah. Like if, if it's a, yeah, like, as I say, a trend where it's very much uh, people jump on the bandwagon for like a year or two, those are more likely to be put into law, whereas a country that is... Um, governed a bit more rigidly like with a first past the post system or yeah. where you where you have someone who represents you it's probably a lot less likely to to be passed so a good example i know that's much closer to home i know this is in oregon but colorado had a ballot initiative and that's what legalized marijuana or weed in the state and a lot and in that document it's like all this money from taxing this will go to schools and that's one reason a lot of people voted for it and colorado kind of changed as a result of that um, but yes. my point is, it's, and now Oregon it's, uses yeah. it similarly in lots of other ways. Yes, I, I read that they use a lot of the proceeds to um, fund people getting out of um, drug addictions. Oh, okay. Um, and um, and there are because it's a fairly recent recent change with the um, decriminalization of other hard drugs, mm-hmm. uh, and they've adopted this sort of Portugal model. Um, where Portugal went through a very similar process where the first few years was a bit shaky because they needed to set up the infrastructure and the knowledge base to um, to implement this whole um, addiction help mm-hmm. centers, essentially. Uh, and Oregon's going through this sort of period where the infrastructure hasn't come out yet, but the, the law has been passed. So. Okay, interesting. Uh yeah, so that's most of my, like, did you have any other examples of what might make it liberal, or did you have other stuff to say? And what makes it liberal is, so I didn't realise this uh, this ballot um, voting. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's, that's definitely changed my opinion a lot, because I can now see how that is so influential in, and I do think in that's sort what... of, like, funnelling these, these ideas. And yeah. it's not quite radicalising, but you could almost argue that. Um, I definitely think it has, because the Oregon was the first to do it, it's given them a head start in maybe, and I do not think it's what makes Oregon so liberal, but I do think it contributes to making it liberal. Yes. Yeah. I I think Oregon also has, um, they have a lot of transient populations as well. I heard a lot about that. What what, what do you mean? Um, So we would probably refer to it as homelessness okay so so a transient person is someone that is yeah it's a huge problem in portland and the outlying cities and so having a statewide or a citywide 
a coordinated solution to give these people homes and uh, try and jobs and essentially like a welfare state um, is something that does attract people to vote that way to try and help these people. Um, that's something I also read. Um, and they also mentioned that this decriminalization of drugs has led to a lot of basically it, it it cuts down the gang culture of people who are vulnerable so people who are transient who are um, facing addiction problems and things like that um, gangs usually exploit that uh, and by decriminalizing a lot of these um, drugs it has led this led there to be fewer gangs in portland than in other cities in the u.s interesting i also unfortunately again no correlation versus correlation versus causation i'm not implying causation but uh, gangs definitely are more um subject to non-white populations um around the united states um, it's it's usually usually to do with people who are vulnerable yeah. uh, and exploitative and the sad sad reality is people from people that are discriminated against usually will end up in yeah. those situations more readily and the vulnerable population is more of the homelessness population and yeah. not necessarily um one with like a whole community or a, a neighborhood um that you kind of maybe associate more with a gang uh, yeah, and then another thing that I thought contributed is there's like we talk about how cities like have you, you got to sustain cities with jobs like there's actually quite a they call it Silicon Forest. There's quite a big tech sector in Oregon. I didn't know this like you always think about Seattle and like San Francisco, but uh, there's an area that Intel and other chip manufacturers had lots of air plants and still do in that area. And as a result, that's bred a community of also startups and others that kind of build up around the Willamette Valley. They have a very stereotype hipster culture, don't they? Where they've, yeah. they've done very hippie done hipsters to the death there, yeah. and then down to hipster. And th uh, there was a TV show called Portlandia that kind of like just showed that, like, put, took that to the extreme, and also gave people. I think that's really we talk about why is Oregon so liberal. Another way to say that question is why is why do people think Oregon is so liberal? And a good answer to that is Portlandia, in some ways. Yeah, and and I've heard that. Um... It is very much perceived as being very liberal, and in in reality, uh, so a lot of people move there from California, mm -hmm. especially, um, to the point where people are people are getting a bit fed up with it. Apparently, when they're there, I'm sure some of them came from California too, and they're like, oh, another one. Uh, anyway, and they they call them Californian transplants. Yeah, I think that's quite cute because we don't have that um, referral sort of idea where people have moved from. That's actually places to places. quite a large thing, and not just. Oregon but Colorado and even some of the other places like Idaho is like don't like we don't want them moving here uh but yeah and then another part of Oregon is that is Sorry, really I, interesting is actually go ahead because your point will connect to this so so this perception of it being uh very liberal and you have these transplant uh people that have moved there it a lot of people have started to see that maybe it wasn't as as hipster and as liberal as they thought that it was this hyper liberal place and um there are increasing conflicts now with um what they call protest and counter protests from far right and far left communities so um by perhaps 
and this is um, perhaps by having this perception of being so liberal has led to another group of people who feel ostracized by this and has led to um, a bit more animosity between uh, communities. I think that's very true. I was about to say another question we could ask that would be just as relevant is why is Oregon so conservative? And it's because it arguably is the most polarized state in the US. It was actually a 2008 analysis um, put it that way. And the reason it did is because the counties that voted conservative, almost all of them voted conservative. And the counties that voted liberal or the areas that voted liberal were almost all liberal. So it's quite divided in that sense. And we talk about the Cascades dividing that as well between the two sides of the state. Um, but we, we could argue, and I think rightly so, like, why is Oregon so conservative? It is so conservative in that part. And why is it so liberal? It is in that part. It's just the liberal side is a little bit bigger and therefore they get control of all the, all of the, a lot of the government. And as a result, you get that ostrac, ostrac, uh, what'd you say? Ostracization? Ostracization? I can't oh, I'm getting it. more TikTok content the more you say this. <laughs> say it Ostracized. right. Okay, they're getting more ostracized. I thought there was a shun I could put on that. Um, as time goes forward. And you talk about the there's a lot of conservative groups that are like, we're going to go into Portland from Vancouver, Washington, or other places that go into Portland and they're like, we're going to rile things up. And, and then there's always a counter protest, which is part of why they do it. Um, and though counter protest is usually bigger, which is, and the idea is they're kind of trying to incite violence and it doesn't help that the police in, uh, in Portland are definitely one sided at the worst. Um, in terms of, uh, like, they've even been caught talking with the pro-conservative groups that have come in. Um, and then a lots of anti-fascist groups counter-protest. And it's, uh, I have a friend who lives there, and he's literally, and he was there during a lot of this. And he says it's like, it's like the battleground of America right now. Like, literally, the front Yeah, lines. I, I watched uh, a couple of interviews with people that um, have, that moved to Portland and have moved back out again because... It, it didn't live up to this expectation that it was going to be this hyper-liberal city that was going to be so much fun. They'd wear their skinny jeans and get their coffee and wear their moustache and, and, and that idea. Um, I, think it's, um, I think it's something that all people are guilty of, is when we have this perception, we, get, we funnel it down into, into what that means. We and, generalize and it. Escape. Yeah. We put it in our nice box and I think Portlandia helped that. I don't think it ever was that beautiful picture that you describe. Um, but people went there looking for that or, and, and it, it probably was more like that than other places. So quick answer. What would you say is what, why is Oregon so liberal? Okay. Hear me out. <clears throat> Oregon is liberal due to well, Oregon is not as liberal as it is perceived however due to the ballot voting system trend or, or like new ideas are implemented quicker than in other places and I'd say it's so liberal it's like you said it's not completely liberal it's a majority of the population but because it has that majority has stayed and it has consistently voted more democratic over the last 40 plus years 50 years 
it has instituted lots of policies that have enabled it to stay and have very liberal policies. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice. That's a wrap on our season three, episode one opener or episode 21, three, one, 21. That's kind of confusing, but whatever. Um, and where can people find us miles? They can find us, uh, on all the social medias that you can expect. Um, and that we're going to be at podcast why is the world all lowercase please give us a like give us a follow give us a subscribe uh, it really helps us out as well uh, if if you can send this to three other friends or even just one if you're feeling lonely like me because don't forget this is part two of corona alone if you if, if you're feeling lonely you should send it to more friends because you're lonely <laughs> i've still got covid so i'm struggling <laughs> Okay, Corona alone. Part two. Because, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, please please give us a follow and... Subscribe on your app of choice. And rate this and... Yeah. As they say in Oregon, I'm assuming they say goodbye. I yeah. didn't look Bye. <laughs> Later, dude. Just don't, Miles. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>